From the Mid-South Van Studio in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production presents Under the Water Tower. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Biglane and Matt Crane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Man, it was a beautiful weekend this weekend. Just a great weekend. Uh, weather was nice. Um, had an opportunity, Derek, on Friday night to watch the Hernando Tigers play the New Albany Bulldogs. Uh, we tuned into their YouTube channel, the New Albany YouTube channel. Uh, they had really good coverage. Actually, pretty. I mean, it's like a small college or something. It was it was that good? Uh, but the the announcer, I told you all fair. The announcer sounded like Roy D. Mercer, if you know who that is. Uh, my name is Roy D. Mercer. I got a bone to pick with you. From oh, earlier Roy days. Roy D. Mercer. Yeah, that's who he sounded like. And uh, so we had to watch the entire game with Roy D. Mercer calling the uh, the Tiger football game. So uh, that, that was fun. But uh, we'll talk about the Hernando win later on. Uh, then Saturday, um, 6U girls soccer there. Ooh. 6U girls soccer. I mean, the term herding cats d- describes this very well. Pretty amazing. We, we're better to struggle. Team's going to struggle this year. Not a lot of talent. You know, haven't developed their foot There's skills no goalies, yet. right? No goalies. No goalies. Uh, 4v4, no goalies. Uh, yet to develop much footwork, um, but uh, yeah, going to be a, a kind of a long year around the house. <laughs> I mean, as, uh, around the soccer field. Any kind of uh, like body checking? Do they kind of just kind of check each other? Not or? on, not on purpose. Not no. planned. Yeah. Not planned. <laughs> not planned. You know, I'm, I'm really glad they have um, they have shin guards though. Oh, yeah. For sure, shin kick, guards a lot, important. A lot, a, lot of, a lot of full kicks. Yeah. Of. Last night we scrimmaged a little boys team, and I will say this: it's amazing to watch the the difference in the boys and the girls. The girls are remotely controlled. The boys are absolutely everywhere. <laughs> They hardly even know a game's going on. You know, we scrim- wide open. It was just yeah. So we had a scrimmage, a little bit of scrimmage last night for practice. But on Sunday there, just church and and had an opportunity there. And then on Sunday night, you and I got to go. More personal thing for you and I got had an opportunity to go to a little candlelight uh, opportunity for a friend. We just want to send a shout out to to our friends there and and wish them uh, nothing but the best uh, for some different surgeries and procedures going on this week. Uh, you know who you are, and 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 all of us are thinking about you. And we, we love you guys, and and um, so just an amazing night on Sunday night to uh, go out there and just lend some support. And and you know, Derek. All the stuff that goes on about politics and different things like that, that's the America that I like to be a part of right there. That was a beautiful scene, an opportunity to just pray over a friend. Again, we just wish wish them the best. It really was, and just a, I hope they have a safe trip, prayers for safe trips. And, uh, again, uh, the surgery to go as, as well as it can, and just to, you know, everybody to shower them with love and support and just let them know that we're here. And so if, you know, if y'all need us, of course, you know, and uh, everybody can, you know, just uh, rally around them. And, and again, we, we pray uh, for the best. And, again, um, just hope that everything can go well just in safe trip to and from. My weekend was not as eventful as yours. Friday night did go to a game, which mine was a loss, so we can talk about that uh, at the end. Uh, <laughs> you were home early is I what was, you talked about. No, not home early. Um, it was – I wish it was early, but it was all the way up at you know, ECS, so about a good 40, 45-minute drive back, so still home about 10-ish. Did you go a bit early, grab some dinner or something out there in that area or not? We did. Uh, actually. We went to uh, Osaka, yeah. got some sushi. Uh, very nice. It was very good. Some sake? No, no sake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no sake. Had to drive. It was. Uh, it, no, it was, it was good. The, the game, you know, could have been better, but uh, it was beautiful night. Cool Saturday. Just did stuff around the house. Uh, Saturday night didn't really do much. Actually, oh, we did a fire pit. Okay. Fire pit the first time of the season. Really nice. Got out there and man, it was just beautiful, perfect pit weather both Saturday night and Sunday night. And then, of course, Sunday night I was, uh, you know, after we did church on Sunday, Sunday night I was out there at the prayer service. So, again, just a good weekend. Uh, if you have not, I think it's clouding up today. I think it's supposed to rain tomorrow and Thursday. But we were been blessed with at least a, a week or two of 70s. So, you know, life moves at you pretty fast. You know, start to look every once in a while. You may miss it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so just hope that. But, you know, as these 70s are approaching, 
Now, hopefully you're taking maybe a little weekend vacations. you got fall break coming up. Great place to look are Mid-South Vans. That's right, Derek. UTW Podcast recorded live at the Mid-South Vans studios. Mid-South Vans has been in business for five years now. Mid-South Vans has 12 and 15 passenger vans to assist you in all of your weekly, daily, or monthly needs. Just contact the team at 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555 for Mid-South Vans to help you with your travel needs now. I like to look every Tuesday just briefly uh, as the virus continues. Continues. We love sharing good news, and we, we try to do as much of that as possible on here. Uh, really good news on the coronavirus front for the school system. Only 18 students tested positive last week. So, you know, again, we have 35,000 students, so only 18 t- tested positive. So that's uh, really good for the state as a whole, if you want to compare that to the state. Uh, Monday, September 21st, there was an additional 192 statewide uh, and no new deaths. So it looks like we're on a downward trend. I know we have the mask ordinance through the end of the month. So, you know, we'll see what the numbers do. Uh, hopefully they continue, continue to trend downward hopefully we can have more you know we can go from 33 percent or 50 percent at games to maybe 100 percent i know a lot of the churches are open back up now at either 50 percent or more and so again we're slowly working to it now the the key point being that we're about to enter flu season uh, you know so there's a lot of, of nervousness not maybe not around here maybe not in your own household there is nervousness nationwide about all right flu season coming up so now you're going to have similar symptoms for two different viruses and what does that mean? And what does that mean for hospitals and doctor's offices getting checked? So again, if you're a, please get your flu shot. Go ahead and get it. I got mine last week on Thursday. Go ahead and get your flu shot. You know, again, uh, Walgreens has it. The Funderbarts Pharmacy in town has it. Of course, if whoever your doctor is, make sure you go there and get it. A lot of them are free through insurance. I think the most they cost is like 25 bucks. So please just go get your shot. Um, I think, you know, uh, at one point Kroger did it. I'm not sure if they're still doing it. But again, just get out there, get your shot. So we can at least hopefully eliminate one portion of that, and then just focus on kind of what we've been focused on going forward, and we can continue to see the numbers going down. Yeah, that is going to be an interesting thing during the flu season with a virus that uh, has similar symptoms and going to the doctor in general and, and figuring that out, which one you may have and those different tests and so forth. So uh, that's that's definitely going to be big for the next four, five, six months through the winter, really, uh, the winter months, especially up in the cold areas, the, the New Yorks and where the coronavirus uh, is such a hot topic or big top uh, topic up in Pennsylvania, Ohio, uh, Michigan especially. It's going to be very interesting. The school system, just a great job. Teachers, I know there's a lot. You know, we're starting 70% days this Friday. So just continue to do what you're doing, but can't thank you enough. And for everybody that's kind of watching it, all the nurses, the uh, in-school nurses, uh, all the ones that are having to handle this, uh, thank you uh, from the bottom of our hearts again. Yeah, just keep it up. On to next set of news, absentee voting. Absentee voting has begun. We had kind of previewed this a couple weeks ago, kind of how it would work. It started September 21st, which was yesterday. And so now you have a deadline of absentee voting in person. That's absentee voting in person where you actually turn your ballot in. goes through October 31st. So through Halloween, which is a Saturday, you have a chance to turn that into the courthouse, walk it in. Also, in the last couple of weeks, the state of Mississippi, th- through a couple of lawsuits that were threatened, is allowing you to mail in your absentee ballots. Uh, mail in absent- only absentee ballots. You cannot mail in vote. You can't mail in a regular vote. But if you do have reason for absentee, you're going to be out of town. Now they're allowing you to claim if you know you have some kind of pre-existing condition, you can claim that too. You have to have it postmarked by the th- November 3rd. So postmarked by election day has to have the postmark stamp on there, uh, and they have to receive it by November 10th. If those will come into play, obviously, if it looks like it's too close to call on election day, they will probably have to rush those counting, and so have to wait to the 10th. So that would mean that, you know, some states, I don't know if all states are doing this, but for Mississippi, let's say it was a very close vote within a couple hundred votes, then they would actually, it would probably be a week before we would be able to call the state. There's a lot of people worried about that's going to be an issue this election season 
is that with a lot of contentiousness that's going along, that there'll be, a, you know, we won't be able to call the election on election night, which could harm the markets. It could harm uh, the economy as a whole. Obviously, there'd be a lot of rhetoric. It'd be very difficult to watch TV or get on Twitter or Facebook. We'll see what that happens. But again, all goes back to make sure that you get on vote. Absentee voting in person through the 31st for Mississippi to mail it in with the postmark date dated as of the 3rd or before the 3rd to be received by the 10th. All the way through no- November 10th. They, they allow you to – it has to be received or postmarked? No, it has before. to be postmarked by the 3rd. Okay. So All it right. gives them a week to get the mail. I got you, yeah. yeah. So, so they have to be received by okay. the 10th. So you have to, quote, unquote, have voted by the 3rd. That's right. But we can't control how slow the mail may run. Got well, it. Well, I mean, you know, that's a lot. I, I got you. I understand that. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. Like I've said on on this podcast, I, I've dealt with the postal service uh, in a professional uh, manner and so forth. So yeah, it's very interesting how that 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 goes down. Um, what they do is pretty amazing. But there's sometimes you look up and just like any other other government kind of entity, common sense kind of disappears sometimes uh, with that. Main point, Derek, get out and vote. Uh, get out and vote if you can. Absentee voting, get out and go right now because Derek, they've 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 lessened the excuses for That's an correct. absentee voting to a very lax. So. Um, you know, go vote now. If you don't want to wait in line or stand in line all day, you know, go vote now. And, and as every year, of course, the schools will be closed on November 3rd. Uh, there's at least, I know, two schools that are voting sites around the county. And so schools will be closed on November 3rd. So if you can't, if you know, hopefully you'll be in town. If you're in town, make sure that day to go out and vote. But, you know, it's, it's our right as Americans. And we fought, you know, many, many people have died for this right. And whether you like what the politics are right now, go out and vote. Something else, Derek, that we um, that we have on the board to speak about this morning in our local news. A uh, friend of the podcast, friend of the UTW podcast, uh, someone you and I know very well. You'll catch me up on exactly what it's for, but we have a new judge in town. Mr. Adam Emerson moved into what appointed. position? Appointed. Okay. He's been appointed a city judge, a part-time city judge. This is replacing Robert Quimby. Uh, we also know Robert Quimby. Uh, Robert is leaving town to take a position uh, in another part of the state. And so uh, Adam Emerson has been appointed by the mayor to be the part-time city judge so adam's a great guy uh lives just down the street from me uh got a great family uh three great little boys i see running around all the time and you know just a a real good family so really happy to have adam uh adam's also in our fantasy league that's right Uh, and so we just we have not played adam Adam yet we have not played adam yet but uh, again uh Adam is just a great guy, and, and I don't think the city could have had a better judge to be appointed, so really looking forward to, to having him there. Hope I never see you, Adam, uh, in court. But, you know, again, I, just, I, th- I think it's a real good thing for the city. Well, yeah, I mean, if you know Adam, you just, you're just you driving. You're able to get around Hernando a little faster now, going up 10, 10 miles per hour. On, on the <laughs> Adam, I did not say that. I got you. I did not say that. Speaking of Adam Emerson, I know Adam had a, uh, is also a baseball coach for the his sons that you mentioned earlier, and Adam was nice enough to use the print house for uh, his uh, baseball team in the last couple of weeks. I know the print Thanks him for that. Podcast is sponsored by the Print House, located at 2462 Church Street. Print House is your one-stop shop for printing services, whether it's business cards, banners, screen printing for t-shirts, as well as a showroom full of all your vinyl and t-shirt needs. The ladies at the Print House can help. Simply give them a call at 662-298-3105 or find them online at theprinthousems.com. That's 662-298-3105 or find them at theprinthousems.com. Podcast also brought to you by... Precision Services, located right here in Hernando. Whether you're a real estate flipper or a homeowner with simply too much in your yard, Precision can help. They specialize in residential or commercial renovations. With over 20 years' experience in the demolition, junk removal, and construction business, Precision is eager to bid on your next project. Simply give them a call at 662 
662-469-4189. That's 662-469-4189. Mention the podcast and get 5% off your estimate instantly. Again, 662-469-4189 for Precision Services of Hernando. Derek, before we move on, thank you for those advertisers for working with us and trusting us to advertise your businesses. Just a little UTW podcast news. We are in negotiations with a presenting sponsor. Certainly not going to mention that yet, but we, we uh, want to give a shout out to them and, and we thank them for believing in us and, and putting their money at money and, and, and advertising opportunities with us. So again, we'll, we'll have that information coming up uh, very soon, but we'd like to tease that real quick for a new presenting sponsor for the Under the Water Tower podcast. Fact of the Week is brought to you, excuse me, provided by the DeSoto County Museum. Uh, Rob Wong and the group over there done a great job just within our county. The museum is a wonderful spot. We're going to push it every week. We'll continue to push it. If you've never visited the DeSoto County Museum, uh, it's right there on Commerce Street uh, across from the Bank Corps South. Please go and see it. Uh, please tour it. Take your time. Uh, it's you know you think okay it's a small you know small little town museum. It's a lot more than that. Uh, you, you could spend several hours in there just being able to take in everything. Rob's done a great job curating it. He's done a great job being able to turn over uh, the different exhibits in there. And so we just thank Rob uh, and and you know, the couple people that help him for all his hard work and also for supplying us with the fact of the week. Uh, the the DeSoto County Museum is open from 10 to 4, Tuesday through Saturday. So, we, in, in, again, the admission is the great price of free. So if you do go in there, please let Rob Wall know that you heard it on the UTW podcast. And he just always gets a kick when people tell him that because, uh, again, he's been nice enough to provide us. So, it, you know, it's our, our pleasure to be able to hopefully send people his way. Uh, the DeSoto County Fact of the Week this week. In the early part of 1863, now if you remember last week, we talked about the railroads that were put in, how – Basically, the railroad being put here moved a lot of the people in, the, in, in commerce from Cockrum to Hernando because the, the railroad was put through here. But in the early part of 1863, Memphis had fallen into the Union hands along with the Memphis and Charleston Railroad as far east as LaGrange and Grand Junction, Tennessee. The Union strategist, uh, strategist decided to launch a series of raids upon the Western and Atlantic Railroad in northwest Georgia and the Southern Railroad of Mississippi. These rail lines were supplying war materials for the defenders of Vicksburg. So the, the rail line that had led through Hernando at the time, the one that we mentioned last week that was put in about 1852 uh, through 1857 when it was finally connected to Grenada, was actually taken over by Union forces in 1863 because it was helping to supply people in Vicksburg. And, of course, when the siege of Vicksburg happened that year, uh, you know, that part of their strategy not only was to cut off the river by boats, uh, to cut off any kind of marching from the south by coming up from Natchez and Port Gibson, but also keeping from supplies com- coming in from the north on the railway. So, again, just a, a great fact that, you know, we did have a, a small skirmish, of course, that some people are aware of that we can talk about later uh, outside the city of Hernando. But the main thing is, is that the railway coming through here was the main artery that was being used to supply the southern troops in Vicksburg. And it was being, you know, one of the strategies of the Union was to cut that off. Yeah, amazing. The railroad that ran right through Hernando, Mississippi, was that big a part in uh, supply chain or, or logistics for the for the Civil War. But it, but it definitely was. Thank you to the Rob Long and the um, DeSoto County Museum for their support, providing us. I think, Derek, uh, Rob's giving you about 50 or 60 facts of oh, DeSoto County. Yeah, yeah, you've got them for a long Years time. Worth. Years worth. Years worth of uh, of, of facts to uh, do. I, I, I think, Derek, we might should approach, I was thinking of a way to boost this, the, the Soda County Museum. An interactive moonshine exhibit <laughs> might be, you know, an interactive moonshine exhibit about the Soda County moonshine. Uh, you know, I'm sure that was part I, of the Soda County There's no doubt. There's no doubt. I've seen some of the people that drive around here. There's some There's some moonshine uh, descendants, people running <laughs> running moonshine in DeSoto County. But again, thank you to Rob Long at the DeSoto County Museum for believing us and, get, and providing us a, a, a fact of the week. Turning to sports, 
It's that time. It is that time. You know, we're, we're going to stick to the local sports because, unfortunately, for Matt and I, our, our main running back in our fantasy league went down early on, on Sunday. We did have the number two picks. So we had Saquon Barkley, so that was a, a rough start. Obviously, a lot more rough for him uh, than for our fantasy team, but just uh, unfortunate. So we, we did take the loss. Not happy about it. We actually put up about 150 points even with him out. So we do have a strong team, strong depth on the bench we'll have to look for. But we're just not we're not talking more about that. And also our Saints lost. Yeah. Uh, rough loss last night on Monday Night Football. Again, Breeze, not quite there yet. Um, hoping it's more rust than age. We'll find out as the season goes along. But, you know, so we're just going to kind of gloss over the negatives, focus on the positive, and that was some great high school football this past Friday. Derek, I was kind of okay with the loss last night to the Raiders, uh, the new stadium, and the Raiders have just been stuck in Oakland for so long and, and having that uh, opportunity. I did like one thing, Derek, the uh, the owner of the Raiders did not come to the game last night because he said it was not fair to, for him to be mm-hmm. in attendance. Yeah, it was not fair for him to be in attendance while fans could not. So I kind of thought that was, I mean, he does have the worst haircut in professional sports. Oh, yes. I, I did like uh, that because you saw a lot of owners at games and so forth, places that their fans couldn't be there, but I thought that was very commendable of him. But you're right, some good football uh, going on this past Friday night. I mentioned it earlier, teased it earlier, uh, had an opportunity to watch Hernando play. Now, Hernando has a Facebook feed, somebody on their cell phone or something covers, but they don't uh, necessarily cover or commentate the game. But the New Albany YouTube channel was really good, so we got to see a lot of the Hernando Tiger football game. Hernando goes to New Albany, a hard-fought game, really close throughout the first half, and then uh, second, the third quarter was just back and forth, back and forth, a uh, fast-paced game. It was 38-35 at one point. Hernando then held and then went on a pretty big uh, to score some points to go up 59 to 35. Hernando goes to uh, one and two on the season, 59 35. Uh, Zach Wilkie, the quarterback, just played what I felt like was his best game. Just a, a really, really good game. He was on point uh, all night long. And uh, maybe that's in, in, in the high school ranks. If you have a quarterback that can make you. Uh, you know, two-dimensional, make you a threat each each and every play. I think that's going to be a big deal. So, you know, one and two on the season for Hernando. Goes two, two below this coming Friday. So, got to play. A, uh, they step up in the size of the school for sure versus New Albany. But uh, going to be a test over in Tupelo. But Hernando gets a, gets their first win of the season. Congratulations, Hernando, and just, you know, everybody. Uh, they again, 59 points is a lot of points no matter what league you're playing in or what uh, – you know, status of football you're playing. So congratulations to them. Next, we're looking at the Center Hill by Helia. Center Hill coming off the Hernando win last week of, of playing by Helia. They win 42-13. to 13. They travel to by Helia and get the uh, sizable win. Uh, they were led by Amari Dawkins at running back. He had 21 carries for 140 yards and three touchdowns. Great night for him. Wish he was on our fantasy team. Sure. Uh, Colin Dunn um, on defense, he led the team with seven tackles. He had one tackle for loss and one fumble recovery. Uh, Jay Jones also had two tackles on the defense and had a 52-yard punt return. Uh, and then, so again, just a great all-around defensive effort and offensive effort by Center Hill. You know, we, as we mentioned last week, we had somebody uh, on the administration staff call us out, tell us that this it was actually a good team, and it looks like that's shaping up to be that way. They've you know, come on. They're now on a two-game winning streak. Uh, the next up, they play Lake Cormorant next week, so that's a, a 5A Division One battle. So that will be exciting. Um, Five, yeah, five A Division One against Lake Cormorant. So uh, I think both of them. I know Lake Cormorant's on top of the table uh, because they were on a bye this week, and I think Horn Lake's sitting like at third. So it should be a good battle next week uh, in DeSoto County. Yeah, absolutely. And we're starting to see some some of the local teams, the county teams, begin to play each other. So uh, there'll be times where maybe every week they're playing uh, a local team. Um, so. Congratulations, Center Hill, to move to two and one on the season. Next up, DeSoto Central hosted the Columbus Falcons. Uh, DeSoto Central eked out a fourteen to seven win to run their record to two and one. 
Uh, so the Jags over the Falcons 14-7. to um, Derek, any stats on those? or? Nope, no stats. Uh, no stats. Again, coaches, we, we do we encourage you. If you could, uh, we, we are up to, I think, about five teams now getting this information. We would love to be able to report, um, you know, uh, the players and, and what they're able to do, especially, you know, maybe some players of the game or ones that are uh, really showing out on each side of the ball. So uh, please, you know, again, uh, respond to us at uh, underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com, underthewaterinfo at gmail.com. Send us that information and we'll make sure to uh, announce it every week. Uh, one name I will say for DeSoto Central because it's fun to say is the, the receiver, the uh, last name Titanois. 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 So would it, a, it he did something. If he, if he did something. <laughs> wouldn't surprise he, me if he caught a pass or two. That's correct. Exactly. With our luck, he was injured on the first play and didn't play. But let's hope not. But uh, moving on across the county, Lewisburg. Lewisburg uh, hosted the Tishomingo County Braves. Lewisburg had a hard-fought win, 41-31. Lewisburg runs to 2-1 on the season, 41-31. So defense uh, gave up some points, but uh, the offense, which, again, we talk about, brought back all of their uh, production from last year, continues to roll there. So 41-31 over Tishomingo County uh, on Friday night for Lewisburg. Yeah, it pushes them to 2-1 on the season. Again, they uh, got – Horn Lake, uh, Horn Lake next week, so uh, another county versus county school. Uh, but congratulations to Lilburg, Coach Gerke. Again, they continue to you know put on good showing, and of course, hopefully, have it rolling when they face Horn Lake Eagles next week. Yeah, earlier you said Hornley, Hornley Eagles. Did I say Hornley? He <laughs> said Horn, Horn Lake, <laughs> Horn Lake. Uh, Olive Branch, Olive Branch moves to three and zero on the season. They uh, travel to Cleveland Central. Uh, we talked about it on Friday. Uh, went ahead and picked Olive Branch to win. Felt they'd be too strong, and sure enough, they were outscoring uh, Cleveland Central thirty-eight to twenty. Olive Branch moves to three and zero on the season. Uh, we'll certainly talk about it on our Friday show. But Olive Branch battles DeSoto Central this weekend, uh, this Friday night. So it should be a, 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 a massive. I'm assuming that's grown into one heck of a good rivalry right there. Uh, Olive Branch and DeSoto Central. Uh, next Friday night. Olive Branch 3-0, 38-20 winners over Cleveland Central on Friday. They travel to Cleveland, and if you remember last week, Matt, they were 0-2 with zero yards passing. Every, kept everything on the ground. Olive Branch, yeah. Olive Branch continued that trend. They are absolutely just pounding the ball. They had 48 rushes for 446 yards. 48 rushes, 446 yards. Now, look, that sounds boring to most people. I love that kind of football. Oh, just absolutely. Just I mean, when when you come out and you can just control the line of scrimmage and just work your way down the field at six to eight yards of carry and just pound people, yeah. there is nothing more satisfying. I love watching because one thing that you have when you're on offense, it, it doesn't matter if you're playing Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or anybody on the other side. If you have the ball, they're on the sideline. And I love the, watching the, the high school teams that will pound the rock, that will drive the football and keep the ball away from the other team. It shortens the game. I mean, you're home by 830. The game's over. Uh, I just love that that kind of football I mean other than the band the band might get out there and take a little little time at the halftime show um speeds the game up and and, and shortens the game for these high school kids to get another win anyway Olive Branch 3-0 on the season but yeah Cleveland uh, again not only did they rush it for 446 yards they held Cleveland at 25 yards on 26 rushes total or rushing. less than a yard of carry yeah just so again and so I think get 20 points they had 206 yards passing, passing yeah. so uh very great defensive line maybe defensive backs uh maybe struggled a little bit but you know Cleveland may have had a you know good air attack but again where able to, as you said, control it, keep the ball, keep them off the field, only allow them to 20 points. Uh, the Olive Branch was led by Cameron Ford. Cameron Ford had 21 rushes for 234 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Traylon Oliver had five rushes for 80 yards and a touchdown. And Trey Phillips, the third, six rushes for 73 yards and a touchdown. Uh, just a great uh, all-out Cameron Hall led the defense. He had a total of eight tackles, two solo and six assists, including one tackle for loss. And my man, Kyle Morris, the kicker. I always love a kicker. You know, when your high school team has a good kicker, he's been good on a total of four field goal tries this season, including his 30-yard 
36-yard attempt, his longest of the year against Cleveland Central. So, again, just an all-around uh, effort by all three teams, all, all three phases of the game, offense, defense, and kicking for Olive Branch. And, uh, you know, again, they continue to roll 3-0, and top of the 6A uh, Division One table. And uh, just looking forward, as, as you said, to the game next week against DeSoto Central. Yeah, it should be a good one. We'll highlight that on, on Friday. Derek, kind of the team that we liked coming in the, the, the preview uh, three weeks ago that we really liked uh, the preview because we were surprised by their talent, the South Haven Chargers, with all the wide receiver talent they have. Uh, we we kind of were expecting some big things out of them. However, uh, South Haven falls to 1-1, one and one, uh, lost to Bartlett. Bartlett Panthers came uh, down, uh, like I said, a 45-minute bus ride down to South Haven, uh, went back victorious 27 to nothing. South Haven did not find the end zone Bartlett uh, goes to four and one on the season so they're way ahead in the number of games uh, Tennessee is versus Mississippi so Bartlett Panthers put together a sleeper at 27 and nothing against South Haven and uh, just got to get that offense going I mean I any any stats there? Yeah, I talked to the uh, the AD and was, you know, speaking of Bartlett, you know, they are four and one and and they have gotten a large leg up, which it, it helps when you play that number of games. Also, though, and we want to you know clarify the county schools. Unfortunately, the city of Memphis is not playing. Yeah, very true. And so they're not able to do it at all, which I, you know I'm, I just I hate it for those kids. And but yeah, the county schools, Carville, Germantown, Bartlett, uh, those uh, Arlington, those those are playing, and you know they usually have about four or five games under their. Uh, already under their you know schedule, so uh, yeah, I talked to the AD. Um, they fumbled the opening kickoff. That'll Bartlett it. takes it in, goes up seven nothing. Right. So that that's gonna that's a that's a I tough start. I saw a pick six on the news. Yeah, well, that's yep. coming up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they had a turnover on downs inside the red zone and an interception uh, in the end zone in the first half and came away with zero points on both. So I mean, again, they just they were stopped. Now Bartlett, you know, obviously has a pretty stout defense. It sounds like, but came up away with zero points. So they were down seven nothing at halftime. Again, off of the opening kickoff fumble, uh, they had a pick six in the third quarter that you mentioned that put them down 13, uh, fifteen to nothing at the end of three. And then they threw another pick six on the two yard line in the fourth quarter. So again, the guy returns at ninety eight yards for the touchdown. So you know, you can't have four turnovers. No, uh, you're just not going to win any ball games, and uh, you know, and, and unfortunately, they were in the red zone three times. Came up with zero points. And so, go back to what we were just talking about—the Olive Branch game. Pounding the rock, pounding the rock. You keep the ball. I mean, you know, you're keeping the ball, the ball away from the offense or the other the other team. Um, but South Haven just seems to kind of wing it around or have to, especially when you start getting behind. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, some tough, some tough breaks. And again, yeah. it does not get any easier for them. They play Oxford Chargers next week. That's not going to be an easy game for sure. Uh, Oxford's a good team. I'm sure pretty disciplined and, and just good all around. You know, Derek, you mentioned the, the Memphis Shelby County Schools uh, not playing football or sports and stuff. Man, I, the, we haven't really talked about it here. Tough to think about those kids getting out of school and having nothing to do. No, I mean, because that means no basketball. That means Not no right football, now. right? No football, no basketball, no fall sports right now. Uh, I mean, this kid's king. You know, you just hope they don't get in a lot of trouble and you know play spin the bottle or some kind of stuff like that. You hope that doesn't doesn't, doesn't come up uh, up in Shelby County. But uh, just heart goes out to those kids not having something to do. I, I just hate you know it, again, and especially if you think about the seniors that there's you know this is their their final year i mean you think about i know that my, my son's just a junior uh but i think about the seniors as i'm watching north points team on the county teams when you're looking at talking about the other schools that just you know they're able to f- perform they you know they didn't know that this that last year was going to be their last year i mean think about that if, if you know if all of you that have played football if you were your junior year and then you finish it up, and you're like, all right, well, next year we got this, or next year we got this coming in, and we got this good freshman coming in. We've got a chance to make some noise, and it just never happens. I just, again, it's heartbreaking. Again, I'm not saying the decision is right or wrong. You know, I'm not looking at the numbers in Shelby County. Uh, I'm not living with the families. I don't know, you know, who's been affected. But, again, I, but I do know that 
personally, it would be just soul crushing for me. I, I know the the seniors uh, baseball in the spring had the same thing happen to them. Uh, I saw a great Ole Miss baseball team have to have their season cut short, and uh, you know for in the colleges uh, this last spring. So again. I know that high school sports is not the end-all, be-all, but also there is a mental aspect to it. And so just, you know, remember those kids and love on them, lean on them, you know, help them out through this time because they don't understand. that they, These are people, these are outside of their control, people that might not even be on their own district making these decisions. And I just hope that, you know, we can give them support and the love that they need. And as Matt said, you know, help, help them find another outlet to be able to put that energy, to put that talent uh, and also, so they're not doing other things. So again, just our heart reaches out to you, and and we're just very thankful that we can play ball in DeSoto County. Absolutely, I mean that's DeSoto County being able to to play sports and and move on. That's definitely a, a shout out to the administration and forging ahead and and giving these young people an opportunity to play sports, an opportunity to make memories with their friends, and opportunity to uh, to compete. Next game up there, like you mentioned, North Point travels to the ECS uh, ECS Eagles. Uh, did not go well uh, up there. North Point had been off for a couple of weeks, not only from games but also from practice. Practice mm-hmm. uh, to their 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 quarantine situation there. So come back in a, in a difficult way, forty to twelve. ECS gets the win over North Point. It, it got out of hand like right in the second quarters, from what you tell me. To uh, to halftime, it was kind of kind of out of reach at halftime. Yeah, it was nothing nothing first quarter. Played them tight. The rush showed a lot of drop passes, several drop passes that could have sustained drives, could have kept them off the field. Could North Point have won the game? E- ECS, you know, looked like they had better talent. These are the defending state champions. So, I mean, it showed, and we're playing up at ECS. So, I'm, you know, could they, in a, in a, on a neutral field, could they have won? I'm, I'm not saying that. I do know that they could have played better. I think that if, if North Point's, you know, got two or three games under their belt or played immediately after that first game, that I think that they play them tighter. I think that they're the, um, you know, I think that maybe it's a, a 10-point game, maybe 14-point game at the end, but, it's a, it, you know, it's a, it's a, a competitive game throughout. Unfortunately, that's not the way it went. Uh, second quarter did get away. I think it went from nothing, nothing at the end of the first quarter till it was, I think, twenty to nothing at halftime. So three scores, missed extra points, you know, but three scores uh, in that third quarter, and just you know, really put you behind the eight ball uh, coming out of the locker room after halftime. There were a couple highlights. Uh, Hudson Brown did have a fifty-four yard uh, touchdown pass to Jackson Thomas, and beautiful kind of faked it halfback uh, right down the middle of the seam. He kind of you know faked the handoff and then took off in the middle of the line, hit him up the seam right in the middle of the. Field. That was beautiful. And another one was a 30-yard uh, touchdown pass to Cooper McCoy. Cooper McCoy was double-covered, was able to tip it to himself. So that was pretty impressive. So those are the two scores, both extra points. One was missed. Other one was blocked. And so that's we got the final score, 40-12. to 12. So they do take it. They are traveled to Brighton this week, Brighton, Tennessee. So, again, another road game. But hopefully that, you know, they you know, got it back there practicing full-time now and so we just hope for a better outcome this weekend what sucks for you guys Derek parents have to give rides to, to the kids right now right yeah there's so no there's bus no rides. bus there's no bus rides no bus rides. so you gotta drive you have to drive your son to Brighton what probably an hour hour and 30 uh, before yeah, the game Lisa or I will have to take him to Brighton and get him by there by 520 and that's now, that's yes, every parent yes he there's can no, drive he, he is a junior he can drive I'm not the, letting him drive to Brighton Tennessee are kids allowed I mean I guess they can do whatever they want to do but he, uh, a kid could drive his own car to Christian Brothers or whatever yes. and play football that's Yes, that's interesting. I've never driven to an away game. That's, that's uh, exactly what I said. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, I, I, it's foreign to me. It, it is, you know, what it is uh, with the situation. So uh, last game, remember Horn Lake, Lake Cormorant. Uh, as Derek said earlier, we, 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 we're going to refer to them as Hornley, Hornley on the uh, UTW podcast. Uh, Lake really Cormorant. Check, I'm going to check the tape. Lake Cormorant and, uh, and Horn Lake, uh, both on a bye last week. Our last game of the week was Magnolia Heights. Uh, Magnolia Heights down in Sanatobia took care of the Washington School Generals. Uh, Derek and I received several texts over the weekend uh, after the Friday podcast. 
podcast uh, with um, just big time offense to uh, how we handle the Washington Generals uh, mascot name and so forth. But Magnolia Heights uh, got the win, twenty to 13. twenty to thirteen, squeaked it out against the Washington Generals. The uh, Magnolia Heights Chiefs moved to three and two. That's three and two on the season. Uh, and then we'll cover their game for Friday. Yeah. So I mean, again, they they had a two started this uh, season two and zero, had a two game losing streak. Back on the winning side against Washington Generals. We picked that game. We'll go over that in just a second. Of course, we picked that game. Magnolia Heights obviously has a great offense. Looks like their defense also came to play. Washington though was 0-2 coming into the game. As much as people from Washington want to tell us that back in the day they beat down people, did not happen this past weekend. So uh, again, uh, congratulations to the Chiefs on their 20 to 13 victory. Next up, Bayou Academy. Bayou Academy, which will be a uh, district game. Yeah, exactly. And we'll we'll preview that on Friday. Yeah, like you said, Derek, our our game picks moved to 20 and four. So we've picked 20 right and four wrong on the season. We did pick New Albany to beat the Hernando Tigers, but again, that was a little bit of a uh, hey Hernando, it's time to show us something. Yeah, oh and two, oh and two, oh and two, show us something. What you got, and man. They came out and uh, it was a little bit hairy for a little while, but uh, they came out and got it done. Now our mascot picks, as far as our mascot, uh, if you're new to the podcast, on Fridays we simply put the mascots in a cage, they battle it out, and then we compare that with the uh, the actual game. Our mascot picks moved to ten and four on the season, so we're a, you know good record on the mascot picks. But again, I think what, what Derek and I are trying to prove is the more ferocious a mascot you can have, the better chance you have of having a a, a better football team is the goal. That's, that's what it looks like. That's the thought. That's what it's four. looking like. We're we're proving I mean, it. Ten and four right now, so I mean, yeah. we're, we're, we're gonna keep doing it. Yeah, we're just gonna keep doing it. So, uh, but anyway, uh, great time. Great, uh, enjoy the show, Derek. Uh, again, shout out to our friend uh, that we mentioned in the beginning. Uh, we love you, and we're praying for you, Derek. If that's uh, if that's all we got, I'm Matt, and I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. This is where we dropped off a pretty soon.